Radio 1000, FM 97.7. Stay connected, stay informed. Good morning on this Tuesday, the 7th day of March at 7.02. It's 37 degrees in downtown Seattle. Along with Brian Calvert, I'm Amanda Factor. And here are the morning's top stories. Someone slammed a stolen car into the GameStop store in Tacoma near 72nd and Portland Avenue. An alarm went off at that business just before 2.30 this morning. Whoever did this was trying to get inside that store, but by the time officers got to that scene just a few minutes later, only four Four minutes, we're told, the person or people were gone. We did have a chance to talk with an employee there at the scene. They tell us it appears nothing was taken from the store. This is obviously a destructive crime that we have seen unfold countless times across the region in recent months. Como for Steve McCarran. Nurses say hospitals have been either unwilling or unable to fully staff their wards. Now a bill has passed the state Senate that would compel hospitals to hire enough nurses to meet minimum staffing levels. The story from Northwest News Radio's Corwin Hake. No one believes there's any an endless supply of nurses waiting to be hired, but among some supporters of Senate Bill 5236, there's a belief hospitals are profiting by keeping nursing staffs deliberately stretched thin with sometimes dire results. Last week, I had a patient who died on my shift, and he should not have. Katie Roth, an 18-year nursing veteran currently at Providence and Everett, dropped that bombshell at a Senate hearing last month. Providence denied short staffing led to any patient deaths. In any case, State Senator Mark Mullet, Issaquah Democrat, backed the bill, calling on hospitals to meet staffing targets or face what he calls misery. If you can't reach that target, you will have regulatory misery through Department of Labor and Industries where they can come in and really enforce compliance. The measure, known as the Safe Staffing Bill, has passed out of the full Senate and moves on to the House. Corwin Hake, Northwest News Radio. A companion measure has also passed the Senate, making it easier for Washington hospitals to hire nurses from out of state. The bill adds Washington to the nurse licensure compact under which a single nursing license qualifies a nurse to work in any of the 37 states. Supporters say Washington's high nursing salaries should make the state especially attractive to nurses seeking to relocate. And Washington nurses suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder may be eligible for workers' comp, a bill similar to one that passed in 2018, which allows PTSD workers' comp coverage for police and firefighters, just passed the state Senate. It was sponsored by Vancouver Democrat Annette Cleveland, who says nurses have been through a lot during the pandemic. They've been holding the hands of dying patients, offering oftentimes, Madam President, the only human comfort to those patients that was available at all. The bill now moves to the House. It's 7.04. Northwest traffic time once again every 10 minutes on the fours. Let's get you to the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. Kiara Jordan, as we get the 7 o'clock hour underway, is Northgate still a problem for us? Not too much. So we did have this earlier crash, South and I-5 at Northgate, blocking a couple lanes, and then it got moved over to the shoulder. It looks like they're getting that moved completely out of that area. So not seeing too much slowing through Northgate, but we are still encountering our typical heavy slowdown from the 405 split in Linwood into Shoreline, and that's after some scattered slowing between uh, the Everett Mall and about 128th. On North and I-5, we're getting backed up from 375th to State Route 18. We are busy from 320th, most of the way into SeaTac. In Seattle, it's slow going from about mid-Boeing Field to the Convention Center, and you're going to see some action on the shoulder near Michigan. On eastbound 16, we are slow most of the way between Pearl and Union. We have a crash on the shoulder eastbound 512 near South Hill Mall, but the backups that we're seeing, they're just sort of your typical heavy backups that begin right around 94th, and those are going to follow you to 167. On westbound State Route 162, we're really stacking up out of Ording into McMillan this morning, and again approaching Highway 410. Slow and go northbound 167 out of Algo 
Arizona into Canton between 212 and 405. Northbound 405 heavy through Renton into Newcastle. Southbound 405 on the brake pedal from I-5 all the way out of Bothell. Our next Northwest traffic out, 714. Our forecast is sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services. And here's Como 4 meteorologist Kristen Clark. Tracking sun and showers again today. What March sun does shine will feel quite warm in the face despite daytime temperatures holding the 40s, which is just slightly below normal for this time of the year. And any showers that do develop will be capable of producing maybe some small hail and sleet at times, changing over to wet snow flurries tonight in parts of South Sound. And temperatures holding in the low 40s could result in a few icy spots out there for the Wednesday morning drive. In the Cumble 4 Weather Center, meteorologist Kristen Clark. Right now in Seattle, seeing a little sunshine through the clouds. It's 37 degrees. It is 7.06, friends and family mourning the loss of 17-year-old Jesse Uch, a high school senior from the Rainier Valley, killed in a car crash. She had a full life ahead of her. She she could have been anything she wanted. Candy Shelton is a close friend of Jesse Uch's family and says she was like a niece to her. My sister used to live right next to her for, for years in this town, just a couple blocks away. She was happy, always happy, and and always sharing her, her sunshine around. Last Saturday, she was killed in a car crash just off of Rainier Road Southeast. Rough uh, for the family. Um, the brothers are very angry and, and mom's dad is very sad. It's again, it's, it's rough. It's devastating. The Thurston County Sheriff's Office said she was in the passenger seat when an 18-year-old driver hit a curb, lost control and crashed into another car. He was seriously hurt and is facing DUI charges. In Rainier, Mohider Como News. Metro Transit says they're trying to double the number of security guards working on the bus system. Como Force Jeremy Harris explains why. Metro says they just added a second security contractor to try and put more officers on buses and at platforms to deal with issues like drug use. I've been looking into the issue over the past few weeks, and here's what, some of what I found. Just in the last year, in 2022, there were over 1,800 reports of drug use on buses on the Metro system. 52 bus operators reported being exposed to smoke from drugs and 16 bus drivers filed for workman's comp due to chemical exposure. We talked to one driver who said fentanyl smoke is so common on his bus that he's on medical leave to be evaluated by doctors. This isn't secondhand smoke. This is smoke being lit on on aluminum foil that's coming directly into the air that us bus drivers are breathing. You know, and it makes me really, really sick. I don't want to be putting in predicament where I'm around drugs every day on my job that I didn't sign up for. Jeremy Harris, Como News. The Bellevue School Board held a planning meeting yesterday ahead of a vote on the district's recommendation to close three elementary schools. Parents have voiced frustration to Como News about meeting times, about potential closures, saying meetings are happening when many parents are often working and unable to attend. We told you last month the superintendent recommended closing Ardmore, Eastgate, and Wilburton Elementary schools because of decline enrollment. Como Four's Mary Nam. Saying he needs time to recharge, Lakewood Schools Superintendent Scott Peacock is stepping down in June. Hired four years ago, he informed the school board and staff in late January and posted a statement on the district website. A 56-year-old told the Everett Herald he's not retiring, though he's uncertain where his professional path will go next. He joined Lakewood in 2019 after nearly 25 years with the Snohomish School District. 
As we approach 7.10, let's get to the Beacon Plumbing Sports Desk this morning. Tom Hutler's standing by, and not a bad night for the Bulldogs. No, at the ninth right to Gonzaga beating San Francisco in the West Coast Conference semifinals last night. 84-73 the final. The Zags advance to yet another WCC title game. They'll play the team it seems they match up with every year for the championship, St. Mary's. Coach Mark Few was asked if he's worried about having to play back-to-back nights. No, I mean, it'd be tough if we didn't know the opponent, but, I mean, they know us and we know them so that makes prep easy it's more about just getting your guys rested physically and emotionally and uh, obviously having this late game and it going so long it's kind of a quick turnaround tip time tonight from las vegas 6 p.m earlier today the 16th ranked gonzaga women play for the wcc crown against portland 1 p.m tip off from vegas the pac-12 tournament starts tomorrow also to be held in las vegas the huskies open it up against colorado in a game that tips off at noon washington state winners of six in a row take on cal at 2.30. And Geno Smith is staying with the Seahawks after winning the Comeback Player of the Year honors and leading the team to an unlikely playoff berth. Smith and the team came to terms on a three-year deal. Could be worth up to $105 million, including $52 million in the next calendar year. To put that in perspective, Smith had earned $17.5 million in his entire career up to this point. Sports at 10.40 past each hour. Tom Hutler, Northwest News Radio. The attorney for former Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch entered a not guilty plea on Lynch's behalf in a Vegas courtroom on Monday. Lynch did not appear in court. He's accused of driving under the influence in Vegas in August of last year. An arrest report says that officers found Lynch asleep behind the wheel with the driver's seat leaning back and the door open. Lynch says that he was not drinking, nor was he on drugs, but he did admit to stealing the car. Como Four's Eric Johnson. Research from the National Institutes of Health could be a game changer for people recovering from a stroke. Medical reporter Liz Bonus explains how. Scientists now conducting breakthrough research in treating strokes. They say so many of us hear about the importance of time as muscle in heart events, but the same is true when you have an injury to the brain. It actually has treatments that are as powerful, or if not more powerful, than for heart attacks. So people really need to know about stroke and the fact that if they get in quickly, there's something we can do about it. Dr. Pooja Khatri is part of a team that coordinates national clinical trials in stroke. It's all part of a program funded by the National Institutes of Health called StrokeNet. We sort of get this bird's eye view of everything happening in the country, and then we help make it happen and work with the sites all over the country. Well, she's part of the College of Medicine at Ohio's University of Cincinnati. 500 U.S. hospitals across the country help administer what they make happen. The main goal is to prevent damage from a stroke, which is an injury to the brain. For every few patients that show up early enough to the hospital, I can literally reverse their stroke, which is just mind-blowing. In addition to medications, which reverse a stroke's impact. Intervention trials are also available, as well as new therapy trials that stimulate the brain for treatment and recovery. Even if you don't get that sudden reversal, it's important to know that the longer, that that recovery goes on literally for months and years. And so, so there's an opportunity to work at that and realize that the brain is really plastic. And we're doing a lot of research to try to, to really hone in on that and get be able to do that more consistently. So here's the main thing to know. She says, be fast. Look for changes to any of these. Your balance, your eyes, your face, your arms, slurred speech. And if you notice them, timing is critical. Call 911. That quick action really can reduce the risk for those long-term complications. I'm medical reporter Liz Bonus. A new study says nice people are not very good at saving money. Nice people with nice 
his manners, but got no money at all. Researchers at Columbia University found people who are more agreeable are the least likely to save money because they prioritize hanging out with people over material wealth. On the other hand, highly conscientious people might be more motivated to plan for the future and put more money away regularly. The study found that Americans save only 2.3% of their income. That's the lowest in nearly two decades. I'm Michael Kastner. It is 7:14. And time for your traffic. We do it every 10 minutes on the fours here at Northwest News Radio. Let's get you to the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. Here's Kiara Jordan. A lot of slowing this morning on eastbound 512, beginning just west of 94th all the way to 167, northbound 167 with delays from Ellingson to 277th and between 212th and 405. And we stay with heavy slowing on northbound 405 from that Valley Freeway to about northeast 44th, southbound 405. It's brake lights from I-5 all the way out of Bothell. Southbound I-5, you're going to be uh, really moving slowly from the 405 split into the shoreline area. A little bit of light crowding at 520 on northbound. I-5. I'm seeing a little bit of light slowing as you're entering Fife. That seems a bit out of place, but it's not a heavy backup yet, so I'm just going to monitor it. Then as we come out of that Fife curve, we're kind of slow and go to State Route 18. If you're going from Federal Way into downtown Seattle, we're looking at about 52 minutes. Eastbound 16, that's been tricky between Pearl and Union. Our next Northwest traffic at 724. And our forecast sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services. We're going to see some showers at times, but uh, peaks of sunshine as well. Just like yesterday, a high of 49. Mostly cloudy tonight, 34. Chance of showers by midday or so tomorrow with a high near 50. And then for Thursday morning, slight chance of seeing some snowflakes in the morning hours again. But then just uh, changing to rain as we'll warm up to about 50 on Thursday. In Bremerton, it's 32 degrees. Everett checking in with 36. In Tacoma, it's 37 degrees. And in downtown Seattle right now, we have clouds and 37. News Radio 1000 FM 97.7, your information station with Manda Factor and Brian Calvert, sponsored by Muckleshoot Casino. And Frank Lenzi's at the editor's desk. Good morning. It's 7.16. A Texas state lawmaker wants voters to decide if the Lone Star State should consider leaving the U.S. Republican Representative Brian Slayton filed a bill yesterday known as the Texit Referendum Act, which would put the issue before voters in November. A similar bill was filed in 2021, but never got a hearing or a vote. A man is charged with trying to stab a flight attendant on a flight from L.A. to Boston with a broken spoon. Federal prosecutors say it happened on a United Airlines flight Sunday night after the suspect tried to open an emergency door. So where are they? Where's Homeland Security? This video obtained by ABC News showing the 33-year-old suspect, Francisco Torres, yelling from a seat near the emergency exit, which investigators say he allegedly tried to open. Since I'm taking over this plane... Soon after, the suspect is seen rushing down the aisle, holding metal spoon, which investigators say he turned into a weapon while in the bathroom. 45 minutes before landing, the suspect getting into a confrontation with flight attendants, allegedly attempting to stab one of them in the neck three times with that spoon, but thankfully only hitting the shirt collar and tie. This person is detained, uh, attempted uh, opening of a... Every door and every hatch is held in place by thousands of pounds of pressure, so you can't get those open. By the same token, anybody fooling around with that mechanism is trying to endanger the entire aircraft. One witness telling ABC News the suspect started screaming after he saw a passenger filming him. 
About five people jumped and tackled the suspect, saying they pulled the broken spoon out of his hand. The group of passengers and flight attendants holding him down, using zip ties to restrain him. FBI agents boarding the plane as soon as it landed, taking Torres into custody. All flight attendants are given a certain amount of training on self-defense, but that should not be in their job description to have to have mortal combat with somebody in the back. That is totally unacceptable. United Airlines thanking the quick action of our crew and customers, adding no serious injuries were reported. And the man has been charged with interference with a flight crew using a dangerous weapon, and that's a charge that could carry a life term in prison. That's ABC's Gio Benitez. The FAA is investigating after two aircraft clipped wings near the gates at Boston's Logan International Airport yesterday. United Flight 515 headed to Newark and United Flight 267 bound for Denver were both canceled as a result. It happened as the plane going to Newark pushed back from the gate. No one was hurt. The White House is considering reinstating a policy to detain migrant families families who cross the border illegally. This is just one option that is on the table. No decisions have been made yet. I am told that any family detentions would be limited to just a small number of days to allow for swift processing. But this would be a reversal after President Biden ended the controversial policy shortly after he took office. Now, sources have been very quick to note that what is being considered here differs greatly from the policies of former President Trump, who separated children from their families and sought to detain migrants indefinitely. Now, all of this comes, of course, as the Biden administration is trying to figure out how to handle the end of Title 42. That's the public health order that was used during the pandemic to turn away millions of migrants at the border. It ends in early May. And again, detaining migrant families is just one option that is now up for discussion. That's ABC's Mary Bruce. And nearly two dozen people have been arrested in Atlanta over the weekend for a violent protest at the construction site of a new public safety training center. These 23 people are charged with domestic terror and police here point out that only two of them are from Georgia. They're from Utah, Arizona, far away from here. One person is from Canada. Another person is from France. Authorities say that they stormed what is going to be a training facility for police Sunday through three bricks, through bricks, rocks, fireworks, and Molotov cocktails at police officers, setting fire to construction equipment and launching rounds of commercial-grade fireworks. That's ABC's Steve Osinsami. It's 7.20. To get to your stockcharts.com money update, home prices in King County have dropped for the first time since May of 2020. February's prices are down 7%, making it the first year-over-year drop since the housing market started to cool. According to the Multiple Listing Service, median home prices were also down 7% in Snohomish County, 5% in Kitsap, and 1% in Pierce County. The new CEO of San Michel Wine Estates comes from the world of another popular beverage. The Woodenville-based wine operation has named former Pete's Coffee CEO Sean Conway to lead the company as it shifts to a more sustainable and profitable model. Among the most pressing items for Conway to consider, recent layoffs at the operation and the pending sale of part or all of San Michel's 118-acre Woodenville estate, which was listed for sale last year. A bipartisan group of senators is introducing legislation to help prevent Americans from claiming their Social Security too early. They want to change the language of Social Security materials to better communicate the advantages of waiting. For example, the bill would change the terms and informational materials to refer to age 62 as the minimum benefit age rather than the early eligibility age. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 183 points at 33,247. The S&P is down 32 and the Nasdaq is off 99. 
We'll give you a chance to win with Did You Hear coming up in just a couple of minutes. And check your traffic and weather next. The news never sleeps. Neither do we. Covering your neighborhood and the world 24-7. The Northwest's only all-news station. News Radio 1000, FM 97.7. On your smart speaker, nwnewsradio.com.